Welcome to another episode of Scary Stories with Kalila. I am Kalila Smith, and we have a special treat today all the way from the UK. We have got Dolly Roberts, and Dolly is a very special friend of mine. She is actually the wife of my co-host on Afterlife Mysteries, uh, Billy Roberts, so she's married to Billy, and Dolly has had of course, a lot of adventures with Billy on paranormal investigations and so forth. And being in the UK, I'm sure she's lived in quite a few haunted places. So welcome, Dolly. Thank you for coming. Hi, Kalila. It's nice to be here. Nice to see you, as always. So I don't even know what you're going to talk about. I've had no, no preview whatsoever as to what your story is, but I'm anxious to hear it. Um, can you tell us about where where this took place and kind of give us a little background on this? Yes, well, it happened in um, the mid-1950s when my parents bought a house in Liverpool in the northwest of England. Um, and one of the reasons they bought the house was that my grandmother lived opposite and her sister lived a few doors down, my mother's sister. And also our nanny also lived in the road. So it was perfect um, for my mother, um, mainly because my father was in the American Merchant Marines. And so of course he was away on trips, you know, long periods of time, uh, four months, five months at a time. And um, it was just a perfect environment for my mother. So she felt safe. Um, unfortunately for my mother, she didn't feel very safe in the house um, because several things happened, you know, when she was on her own in the house and she was absolutely terrified. Um, she was a staunch Catholic, all the family were, and um, things would happen like doors would open and shut and she'd hear people walking up the stairs. And then um, my sisters at the time, I've got three sisters, they were boarding. Um, but when they were home, um, they'd, my mother would be getting ready and she'd have this mirror in the hallway and she'd be fixing all her hair those times, you know, all the big hair. And, and um, she'd be doing all her hair and she'd see figures at the top of the stairs. And, of course, she'd shout thinking it was my sister's and she'd run up the stairs saying, you should be asleep, you should be in bed. And she'd open their bedroom door and, of course, they'd all be asleep. Um, so this was going on. And what she used to do, she used to have a book that she'd read, a whole book each night. And she wouldn't go to sleep until the sun came up. And that's how she'd get through it. And I was... Um, born in 1964 and um, in my bedroom um, I had a little cot that I slept in and from a very early age I remember this man who obviously I just thought was part of the family and he used to sit in my bedroom and talk to me and tell me stories and nursery rhymes and and I remember him distinctly and he was a very tall man and he wore top hat and tails and he had two deep lines here um, and he was always smiling, always happy to see me. And um, I can only say, I, I just thought he, he was just another person, another part of the family. And he used to talk to me all the time. 
And my mother used to stand outside my bedroom door and listen to what was a two-way conversation, but obviously she could only hear me answering questions or speaking. And she'd bring her friends to listen, and they all, you know, used to think it was quite spooky. And also I had a playpen in another room. We, like the top floor was my playpen. And um, she used to come up there and I'd be sitting in, in my playpen, which had an abacus on the side. And this man used to sit on the floor and he used to teach me numbers. And my mother used to watch the beads going up and down. She could see them moving as he, as he was doing what he did, but she couldn't actually see the man. She just felt him, you know, around and that I was talking to him. And um, this went on. I was there from when I was born until I was four and a half. And my parents then decided to move to a, a different district of Liverpool, a suburb of Liverpool, Mossy Hill. And I was actually heartbroken to leave the house. Apparently I was dragged from the house, crying, kicking, didn't want to leave the house. And anyway, we moved. And I actually never saw this man again. You know, you hear stories of where they're attached to you or they move with you, and I never saw him again. And it was many years later when I was about 17, and at that time I was doing lots of exams, you know, over here there were O-levels. And I was also hoping to go into the American Air Force, so I was doing SAT tests for that as well. And um, I was very stressed and I'd gone to sleep um, in the evening and had this dream that was so vivid. And I was outside the old house outside the gate and I opened the gate and walked down the pathway, which was like the Victorian path with all the tiles, the different colored tiles and the door opened and my man was, he was standing there smiling and he opened the door and I walked in and he looked at me and his face changed like he was really sad. And then he, I remember this smell, this really pungent smell like um, like when a coal fire is put out, that sort of smell. And he took me into a room, each room. And as we went in, it was all charred and burned. And there was furniture in there. And in fact, my mother, some of my mother's furniture was in this dream. I remembered it because she left it in the house because it was too big to go into our new house. And that was all charred and burnt. And we went from room to room. And I, I woke up and I couldn't believe that I dreamt of him after all those years. And I was really upset, very emotional. And sometime after that, my aunt came to stay um, from South Africa. She always just turned up. And um, she was with my mother and they were having a little drink in the evening, just sitting there chatting. And... My mother said to my her sister, my aunt, um, do you know, Louis, if there's one thing I'd love to do, I'd love to go 
back to the old house and just have a look and just see what it's like. And she said, oh, Winnie, what a shame. She said, I don't, don't you know? She said there was a fire and the house burnt and they had to demolish it and there's nothing there now. Yes, so it was, and I got little goosebumps when I heard it. I just thought, how remarkable. That's amazing. And you never found out who this man was? Have y'all no. investigated it to see if you could maybe find out historically if he was, I mean, obviously he was connected to that property. Yes. And, um, you know, maybe I would, I would have, Yes, I would have loved to because my mother bought it off um, a Jewish, she had a lot of Jewish friends but the people she bought off, she didn't know. But I would have loved to have actually gone back. That's one thing I've thought of recently when I was asked, you know, about this story. Um, I'd love to go back and find out because if I saw a picture of this man, I'd know exactly who he was because oh, I, wow. I, I remember him. So I, w I would love to do that. But this was this was frightening for your mother, obviously. This is something yes, that I mean, really yes, terrified she, she, her. Yes, well, things like that did terrify my mother. Um, they've never really bothered me. I don't know whether it's because of that. You know, I've, I've lived in um, many haunted properties since. Um, I had a house in Liverpool that was very haunted, um, where furniture would move. and um, But I was never frightened, actually, in the house. You know, it was a very old house. It was built in... Nine, uh, 1840 and it was actually built for a merchant shipping merchants and it was right by the Mersey it was in Liverpool right by the Mersey and in fact they had tunnels under the house apparently um, to bring the slaves off the ships and keep in the cellars yes and, and it was um, okay. yes it was a very haunted house there were it was mainly haunted by the lady who had bought the house in in 1960s, I think, or maybe before that, Lady Blackler. She owned a department store in Liverpool. And um, I used to see her a lot just walking around the house. Um, and, of course, because she was well known, there are, there are pictures of her on, you know, in newspapers then, of course, because we didn't have the Internet that we've got today. Um, and, you know, she used to love my dogs at the time. I had four dogs and you'd see them run up the stairs onto the landing and they'd roll over onto their backs and you'd see their hair moving or you'd see her stroke them across the head. And um, I, w I wasn't frightened in the house, but it was just a, a normal occurrence. The only thing that we did have is like um, we had a West Wing, which used to be the servants' quarters, not my servants, but, you know, previously in the house. And there used to be a disembodied hand. And I used to be terrified because I used to I used to have housekeepers sometimes, but also I cleaned the house as well. It was a big house. It was 12 bedrooms. It was, a you know, a lot to contend with. And I used to hate going in this panelled room. And um, I actually saw the dis disembodied like hand. And at one point, it used to stroke back of my head. 
oh, and I was wow. terrified. I used to hate going in there. And many years later, and in fact, I just met Billy, my husband, um, I think it was about 2003, I sold the house to developers. And the I, my friend who was my financial advisor knew about the house, but the developer didn't know anything about the house because obviously you don't tell a developer that the house is haunted. You know, you don't go into those sorts of details. And apparently, I got, well, I got a phone call from my financial advisor to say that the developer had been in the house, deciding what to do with the West Wing, how they were going to change it in, because obviously being a big house, to change it into different um, apartments. And he had been in this room. She said, and you won't believe this. She said, I can't, actually, I don't know whether it's hallucinating, but he said he saw a hand just on its own and it came towards him. She said, and he's run out the house screaming and he won't come back in. <laughs> so I thought that was quite funny. Um, but even, you know, the, str my, the strange thing was, Billy's son, who's French, is actually an architect. And at the time, architects were brought in to decide what to do with the house. And the architects also refused to go in the house. So they sourced an outside architect and they happened to pick this architect in um, Manchester, I think he was, and it happened to be Billy's son. And he hadn't actually met me then, and he came to the house, and he, of course he was going around the house, and obviously some of my furniture was still there, photographs were still there, and although he, he had seen me, um, a picture of me, he didn't realize that it was me until he was actually in a room and he saw a picture of me. And he said, I'm sure that's my father's girlfriend. And it was, and we spoke later and he said he was absolutely terrified in the house. He went down into the cellars. He said, and I couldn't stay there. He said, because I could hear noises, I could hear clanging of what sounded like chains. Um, oh, yes. And um, he also said that there was a huge rat, which had must have got up through the um, cellars. He said it was the size of a small dog. Oh. He said it was that big. <laughs> and he said, that's another reason. He said, but the next day, when we went in to the cellars, I brought two people with me, he said, because I was too frightened to go down there myself. He said, and this rat was there, but it was like flat, like everything had been sucked out of it. He said, but the actual rat was flat. There was no body to it, like something had eaten the outside. That's the stories I, I remember him telling me. Now, now, was this really a rat or was it a ghost of a rat that, I mean, was it a physical rat? That well, that's it, you see. I wasn't there, so it's only his interpretation uh -huh. of whether it was real or not because I don't know how rats could have got up because many years before they'd sealed those tunnels, obviously, to stop things like that. Right. So I, I don't know how it got there. 
So I don't know whether it was real or not. You'd have to ask him. <laughs> not, yeah, I don't like rats. Rats are creepy. That's oh, I know. Horrible. You're very, you're very creepy, especially large ones. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm assuming that on the Mersey, it's probably the same we have here on the river where you've got these big wharf rats and they're, they're, they are very huge and, and, um, oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're very nasty. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> well, did you ever find out, um, who the hand was? I mean, no, no, I didn't. Um, the other, uh, later on, it was bought by, um, a music, um, impresario. I think he had something to do with the Beatles possibly. Um, and he, he lived there with his children. And, um, I do believe that they thought that they, they, they hadn't seen anything happen there. But years later, when I used to take my mother there and we'd have dinner, obviously, because my mother and I were very close and we used to eat a lot together. And, um, she was actually sitting in the kitchen and, where you sat in the kitchen, there were stairs going up into the, the West Wing. And many a time, I'd hear someone walking down the stairs quite angrily, bang, 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 down the stairs. And I'd turn around, and I wouldn't see anybody. But I'd hear it going bang, bang, bang. And I'd just carry on what I was doing. And um, this night, my mother's sitting there with a glass of wine, thankfully. And I'm cooking dinner. And all of a sudden... I could hear bang, 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 bang. And I thought, oh no, not now. Not with not with my mother there. And I looked, I turned and I looked at my mother and I could because she was carrying on talking, and I thought, oh, you can't hear this. You can't hear it. Thank God for that. And anyway, it's bang, bang, bang. And I looked, but this time, as I'm speaking to my mother, but I've got my eye on the stairs. This man came down the stairs. And I hadn't seen him before ever. And he was in his fifties and he was quite um, dressed, you know, in in seventies, eighties or seventies really, a suit. And he came down the stairs and I was looking thinking, oh my God, please don't walk in the kitchen, not in front of my mother. <laughs> and he just disappeared at the end of the stairs. And I looked at my mother and thought, well, she hasn't noticed anything. And I thought, thank God, and turned. But then the door of the kitchen slammed shut. And it was glass. And it, it slammed with force, but the glass didn't break. But my mother just fell off the chair. And she started shaking uncontrollably. And I picked up and said, don't worry about it, mother. D don't panic. Don't panic. And she knew it was paranormal and she said I've got, to, I've got to get out I've got to get out and I had to take her home because she just couldn't stay there and she was really frightened in the house after that and my sisters were you know they wouldn't go to the toilet on their own they drag either me in or they drag one of the dogs I don't know what the dogs were going to do but they drag <laughs> one of the dogs by their collars into the toilet when they wanted to go they were really frightened you know because there were there were different things in the house. There wasn't just one thing. There were many things. Um, I remember cleaning the kitchen one night, um, and it was quite late because I do things like that. It was about one o'clock in the morning, and I was cleaning away, and I turned round, and as I turned, all the cupboard doors 
had all opened without me without any knowledge of it or, or hearing them they were just all open I thought oh right okay I'm going to bed now I'll just you know <laughs> yeah forget that so wow. you know it's just a very active house but I got used to it and it didn't frighten me I'd walk around in the dark there except I never went obviously into the west wing into that room that was the one room I avoided. Yeah, that seems a little disturbing over there. Yeah, the whole history of the house seems a little ominous. Yes. Tunnels and, yes. and that thing. This, yes, know. and I think also being by the water, by the Mersey, which was literally, at, you know, down, not, it was a quarter of a mile away, the water there. So, well, that, that had something to do with it as well. Oh, I think so too. Okay. Uh, places that are near water tend to have a lot more yeah. activity. And from what I have been taught anyway, in the different spiritual paths that I've been in that work with uh, spirits on the other side, that it's very dry on the other side. It's not like it is here. Mm -hmm. It's very dry and they are attracted. Yeah, yes. Um, when uh, we would do the spiritual mises or, or lots of times when someone passes, we set a glass of water out. And um, when we would do the spiritual mises, um, which is more of a spiritist uh, type of, of ritual where you're where you're conducting you know they call it a, a mass for the dead and people do mediumship at these mm -hmm. things and we would set out glasses of water and when there was a lot of activity there you would see the bubbles bubbling up in the water you would see all of this activity going on with the water bubbling and um, it was always um, considered to be indicative that there were a lot of spirits that were there and enjoying the water so yeah they tend to that i think that's one of the reasons that you know places like new orleans and places like memphis where, where alan lives is, is is so active because we're right on the mississippi river and it's just there's so much history and not compared to the uk of course you guys have just so much yes. hundreds and hundreds thousands of years of of, of energy there so yes. was your so you're you're always had this you know um connection to spirits and you've always been able to see and hear it all was this one of the pre-deciding things when you met billy you know like, oh, <laughs> no. i guess what he did didn't scare you either you know not really no it um, <laughs> never bothered me you know and also with his work um it's, it's like separate but it's um part of us even in, in this house that we live in now is is quite active and some of it's to do with the house some of it obviously is to do with billy you know, um, and his work and that's what I think, but. Right, well, the house you have now, that that belonged to, um, uh, didn't that belong to someone who was a witch? That yes, apparently. Living um, in the witch house now. Yes, we are. Witches living in the witch house. <laughs> 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 yes, apparently there is a bottle um, that belonged to the witch um, that has the power passion of Christ around it and it's kept actually behind this wall basically ah, it's here yeah. um the builders that's that, for protection that's that's for protection. yes so it, it stayed here the builders who actually found it put it back which was good um and you know so it's just actually behind this wall which is hollow if you can feel it, it's all hollow there but right. um, and it's staying there <laughs> Yeah, well, that's for protection. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. if anything negative comes at you, it's supposed to absorb it to the bottle. 
Yeah. And um, that'll keep you guys protected. So that's wonderful. Yeah. That is exciting. Do you have things move about in this house? Because I think the house you were in before in Cornwall, wasn't that one haunted as well? I think all of Cornwall is pretty much haunted, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is. I mean, literally, we've been, I remember Billy and I went for a walk across the beach um, oh, a couple of years ago now, and he was actually pushed from behind. It was just going dusk and he was literally pushed. And you'd think, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere on the beach, just having a nice walk and something pushed him and turned around. There was nobody around. You know, it was just us on the beach. And so it is, it, it's a very um, spiritual place here as well. And, and the Cornish are very spiritual. Right, you know, right. when, when we first came here and, um, they realized that Billy was a medium. Obviously, people knew him from programs that he's done. Um, but of some of them, we would get the cross done in front of our faces. And, you know, and some people who wanted to go for readings, other people would be saying, you know, sisters or brothers of that person would be saying, no, no, don't, don't do anything like that. Don't go near that. So, you know, they can be quite frightened about it as well because oh, they're... Really? Yes. Yeah, terrified, you know. Really? Yes, it's it's strange. But this house, um, we have a lot of animals in this house. We have, a, a, you know, our cats sleep in the bed with us. We have two cats, indoor cats, and they do sleep with us. And sometimes on my legs, you know, you know when cats get into bed with you and they are trying to find the best place <laughs> to walk yeah. on you. And then you're thinking, oh, for God, just lie down. And then I realized I've got one in my arms and one's behind my head. So there's a third cat trying to bed down in the bed. So, you know, we get things like that. Or you can hear cats eating their food, which I take up overnight. You can hear them chewing away. But our cats are in bed. So there's oh, another okay. which I find that's interesting because I can't quite work that one out. You know, um, and there's other things like uh, Billy um, sometimes, well, he, he used, when he has a shower, sometimes he'll open the curtain and there'll be a woman standing there and, you know, <laughs> things like that. Oh, my that's goodness. Just normal. <laughs> that's normal, you know, wow, for man, us, just, I think. just very amazing. Mm? Amazing. So you, you lived in London for a while too, didn't you? I did, yes. I lived in Portman Square. For a while but actually there wasn't anything there oh okay you yeah. think that that would be pretty haunted as well because i've heard of a lot of places in london yeah um, even though i've been to the uk i've never been to london because mm -hmm. i try to stay away from the big cities i usually like to stay in the more yeah. outer ends of things rather than get involved in the big cities when i travel yeah. but um i would think that in london that that you'd have a, a lot of activity there because there's so no. many people there. No, it's funny. I never experienced anything in London. Um, then again, I was working long hours as well, like six till midnight, um, you know, six in the morning till midnight. So I don't wow. know. Yeah, but I, I didn't really experience anything in London. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I like the idea that there's cats, though, that you've got the cats as well. Yes. Because, you know, a lot of people associate you had a witch living there, and of course the witch had cats. And what a lot of people don't, you know, there's always that association going on. And I find it very interesting because 
you know, people who do are on magical paths, as you well know, they have their familiars, they have their animals yeah. that are actually there. And these familiars, at least in my traditions, anyway, these animals are there to protect us. Yeah. And again, like the witch's bottles, if some negativity comes in, it's going to absorb into the animal rather than you. And yeah. the animals are really there. So I feel like the cats are there probably to help protect you guys as well. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. yeah, I had, yeah, this is, this is what they do. They'll stay real close to you. And um, I had a, a situation many, many years ago. I had somebody um, who had, for whatever reason, done some magical work against me. And mm -hmm. I wasn't real sure of it. There was some suspicious activity going on. It showed up at my house. And I actually found out when I went to a spiritual Misa in Miami. Um, mm -hmm. I had gone to get some readings and cleanses and so forth in the Santeria tradition. And there were some mediums there. And this one girl, she described my what my house looked like from the outside. She described everything. And she said, go check your garden. Somebody put some stones in your garden. They buried them. And yeah. you need to remove those and get them out. And all of everything she said was true. And when I did some work and it was like trying to get rid of all of this negative stuff and it's like, I need some confirmation. Mm. And one day I got up and went to my computer. And when I did, you know, your computer pops on and you open your email program, but I never had an email just pop in my face. And it was from that woman. And oh. yes. And the whole time mm. I was reading it, I had a cat, one of my cats at my feet on one side and I had my Yorkie on the other side and they were both vomiting at the same time mm -hmm. while I was reading this and yeah. then I spoke to different people in the tradition and only said yeah that was the negativity coming that you that was coming off of this woman and they said that they were they were recycling they were processing that and taking it on wow. and it was making them sick and then they were fine afterwards but um it's kind of like their job that's what they do yeah. so it's good that when your cats yeah. are sleeping yeah you've got cats that are there that are kind of standing guard kind of you know yes keeping that's away cool. all the negative energy that's really good yes yeah, that's wonderful yes <laughs> <laughs> so you're not afraid of any of these things that happen you know I, I remember when i visited you guys a few years back you lived in that house wonderful house uh also in cornwall but there was this place across the street that was like a big sinkhole or something remember the sinkhole and there was something very ominous about that. I kind of got creeped out by that place. Oh, right. I'm trying to think. Was it, um, was it, it was like where people had fallen in? People had like fallen in or jumped in. And there was, there just seemed to be, there was something about it that really made me feel uncomfortable. Like, not your house. Your home was wonderful. The energy yeah. in your home was wonderful. That's but it was right. that thing right across the street. I yeah. like further down on right on the ocean it was some sort of sea yes. or something that's what it is yes it's and um it was very very uh, ominous feeling coming yes. from that i couldn't i it didn't is. like looking at it at all yes well apparently um unfortunately a few people commit suicide by throwing themselves in there but it's like a collapsed cave but um it's it's obviously quite old but apparently if you walk up there at certain times that there was a gentleman who lived in Trevone village and I'm not quite sure of the story but he was a very you know serious man I think he did, uh, was a medical man if I'm not mistaken and he 
was walking along by that hole and he heard voices calling his name. And by the time he'd sort of come around to thinking what's going on, he was nearly off the cliff. And that's happened to quite a few people. So I don't know whether people choose, it's a, a beautiful place, but as you say, it's quite, we've actually walked around there and you are drawn to that hole. Really? You know, yes, yes it, it is. So I some, found that scary. That was, yeah, I mean, we it, didn't go by the hole there, but, but I just, yeah. I, I could see it yeah. from your home. That's right. And, but there was just something about it that, that really, really made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't think I'd want to go around that. That's, there was something yeah. very, very ominous about it. Yes. It was, yeah. it was not, didn't have a good feel to it at all. Yes. In fact, the, one of the last people who committed suicide there was our local priest. Really? Yes. Unfortunately, yes. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, terrible. And yeah. they're certain that people are committing suicide. They're not just falling in, like being well, pulled there and then they fall? Or, or, or is it undetermined? You see, you wouldn't know, would you? Because of what the, the folklore of being, hearing your voice being called and, and people walking up to that area. Of course, we've lost dogs in there. I think, to be honest, unfortunately, it's an area of outstanding national beauty. So it's protected. Um, but lots of people would like to have it fenced because of the amount of accidents that do happen there. And, of yeah. course, dogs, dogs actually running and falling in that hole as well. We have a lot of that. The Coast Guards here quite a lot because of that. So, oh, my goodness. It just, say, it just it, dropped you know, off into the ocean? or I was I never really asked what was in it because actually, I just, I, it just made me feel so uncomfortable. It was like, I yes. don't want to know. I mean, it's quite a drop, and you go into the sea and obviously pulled out into the ocean. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's how people are found. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I, I one shot, Billy pointed it out, and he told me a yeah. little bit about it, and it was like, I, I looked at it and I said, I, I don't, I don't like that at all. I, I don't mm -hmm. feel, I don't feel right yeah. about that at all. And, it, and I didn't ask strange, more about it. Yeah, there is a strange feeling when you walk up there. We've only actually did it once. Um, once is enough because you feel like a, a gravity towards the hole. And also you feel very disorientated when you're walking by there as well. So, you know, even though it is, an out, you know, a beautiful area, I'm not sure people should be allowed to walk. No, so it sounds like it. they probably shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really strange. Do you have anything, any areas around there? I mean, like like here, for instance, like right off of the coast of Miami, I, I felt kind of that gravitational pull, but you've got the Bermuda Triangle, and yeah. nobody's real certain what that is. Yeah. Um, but there's that Bermuda Triangle, and there's another one up, and it's, I think, in the Sea of Japan uh, that they call, uh, it's another Devil's Triangle, where yeah. um, strange things have happened. But I know that when I was like right on the edge of it, on, on this particular shoreline um, in South Florida, you could actually feel like a gravitational pull. It was like pulling you yeah. towards it. It was almost some sort of, you know, magnetic kind of pull, electromagnetic yeah. kind of pull. And the only thing I could think to even describe it as would be like a negative vortex of some type. Yeah. That was actually magnetically pulling things into it, mm. um, as opposed to someplace like, say, for, uh, if you're familiar with Sedona, Arizona, where it's more, there's there's 
the vortex uh, situation going on there, but it's more of a positive vortex where you've got this energy coming out mm. and, and, and moving out, you know, and you can actually see it. I woke up one night and you could see these little, little curly cues, little spinning things all over the room and they were bright lights oh, and yeah. just this energy everywhere and the energy is kind of coming out. But then you've got yeah. these negative ones where it's literally, and you feel that pull. And I'm just wondering if maybe there's something around there that's similar to that. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, the lights that you're talking about, we have that a lot here. Ah, yes. You have that. Yes, we do. You know, I, I would say most nights we have the lights and the swirls and, um, you know, which sometimes, you know, could be quite hypnotic. You know, you're looking at them and you, you know, Billy says, never get involved, never start looking at things like that when they start to move. And But sometimes you can't help it. You know, you you, you can't help looking at it. And until something spooks you, then you go under the covers and, yeah, you know. This wasn't, yeah, this wasn't anything scary. This was, this was very fascinating, but it was, you know, one of those things where you get up in the middle of the night mm. to go to the bathroom and, uh, you know, you're kind of half asleep, yeah. but I could see these things and it was lights. Just, yeah wow those are really fascinating but i'm also really tired and i'm going back to sleep now yeah. so i didn't feel compelled to really you know watch them for any length of time but yeah. i was certainly aware of their presence mm. and it was just you know it yeah. was absolutely fascinating mm. but there are places where you've got that opposite effect and yeah. i have felt that, that that pulling it's almost like you know something trying to pull you into something and yeah. it's it's, yes. it's rather unnerving. It really is. It's very mm. unnerving. Yeah. And um, there was just something about that place in Cornwall, though, that just looking yeah. at it, it, it I don't yeah. get spooked or, or scared very easily, but mm. I just had that chill going down my back. And yeah. it's like, no, that seems like a very bad place. I really don't like mm. it. No. No, that's why we've only been once. <laughs> no, I'm not no. going back. We're not going back up there. I've gone. I've seen. I've had enough, and I'm, I'm yeah. going to go there. Yeah, you would think they would fence that off. That's yeah. very, very, very frightening. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, where does where does all of this take you now? I mean, do y'all? Uh, I know Billy. Y'all don't do any more of the paranormal investigations so much anymore. Have you been along with no. him on some of those investigations that he used to do? um yes we used to um but of course now um i'm not saying he's it's just going down and staying up till these two o'clock in the morning i don't know whether we're getting a bit too old for that <laughs> now you know because obviously some of these vigils go on all night as well oh, uh, right, yeah you know um but when he's doing programs obviously i'll, I'll travel with him um as we did with, you know, most haunted and, and things like that. Um, but now I think I think we've done enough of, of that. It's not really, you know, he's writing so much now. We don't have the time as well, you know. Right, to, right, yeah, yeah. We're working on quite a few projects. Yes, hopefully a lot of projects. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to get the fun done. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jumping off into the next one, so it's really yeah. a lot of a lot of fun but yeah yeah some of those investigations can be rather um unusual mm. and um you know fun but unusual so sometimes yeah. i was just curious if you ever been into one where it really like like anything following you home or anything like that well because you seem it, to attract it you seem to definitely yeah, attract it I, I think um the one that sticks out 
um, for me, is one of the most haunted. Might have been, I don't know whether it was live or it was, oh no, it was Denby, um, where they filmed there. And um, Billy was doing what he does. And we got back to the green room. And I remember when he was filming, he'd said that um, he'd seen this woman. Um, a very sort of stern woman, and she had her hair up, I think, in a bun, if I remember. And um, he described her and a long, I think she had a long skirt on and a blouse, and her name was Elizabeth Blunt, if I remember correctly. And um, obviously this was going out um, on live television. And... Anyway, when the filming was over, um, we obviously went back to the hotel that we were staying in near the location. And Billy said, oh, I've got to go and have a wee. And off he went in, into the toilet. And he came back and he said, um, you're not going to believe this. He said, she's in the toilet. Now, that was unusual. And I said, well, what do you mean she's in the toilet? He said, well, Elizabeth Blunt, is, she's, I've just seen her in, in the toilet, and she actually followed us for some time. Wow. So I do remember that. Well, I, I didn't see her, but obviously um, I think he, she spoke really. I think wow. he, he must have got rid of her in the end because he hasn't mentioned her since. <laughs> No, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, because sometimes it, things do kind of stick with you. Yeah. And you seem to be like a magnet for it yourself, you know? So you seem to be very aware of a lot of that stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the reasons I ask is because I'm actually going to be going pretty soon to see um, a plantation oh. that Billy and I investigated back in 2003. All right. The Woodland Plantation. It was the plantation oh, that yeah. was used for the. Um, the PlayStation Ghost Hunter game, Ghost mm -hmm. Hunter 2. And um, I got an invitation recently to go out and, and take a look at the place again. And it was like, wait, the Woodland Plantation. It's like, oh my gosh, that's the one that we initially went to. And I haven't been there uh, since 2003. Wow. So it should be very interesting to see, um, you know, what's going on there now. Yeah, that's, uh, that's been quite that's been quite a while for us since we've uh, been on those investigations. But yes. you know, we, we saw a lot of very strange things and felt a lot of things and so forth. But it does seem like in comparison there in the UK, you have, guys have a lot more energy going on w without a doubt. Yeah, and I think it's probably because all of the spiritualism and so forth that's in the area and yeah. people just keeping that alive and, and just energizing it. Because yeah. it usually is what happens. For those of you who are in, out there listening, you know, if you, you know, live in an area where there's a lot of spiritualists or a lot of mediums and so forth, you know, that constantly opening up of those portals and opening and closing portals, I mean, a lot of that kind of keeps that, that type of activity energized. Yes. To where it's going on all the time. Mm. So <laughs> it is, it is pretty fun. So, um. Let's see, trying to think of any place else that you've, what else have you had an experience with that's oh, gosh. maybe sticks with you more than anything? I'm still fascinated with the guy with the, with, with the, the top hat and, yeah, and know. you know, I'd, I'd love to yeah. know who he is. If you ever find out, I'd absolutely love to know yeah. who he is because he seems to really stand out. Um, yes. Yeah. 
it's funny how you you think I actually loved him. Do you know what I mean? And that's uh, you know, yeah, like well, he's he probably, he probably or, see, yeah, he probably yeah, that's sort like of, old grandfather yeah. or something. And that's why I was wondering if he was connected to the house or if he was maybe connected to you, because you know mm -hmm. sometimes we have when you know some pe people are small children. Small children can see things, and yeah. lots of times small children will see a grandparent that's passed or even a great grandparent that they didn't know, but who knows them. Yeah, and they'll appear to them, and maybe maybe yeah. that's who he was. But it would certainly seem like if that's who he was, he would have maybe followed you, yeah, from place to place. So the fact that was that's kind of a mystery right there is that yeah. he stayed with the house, but then he came back to tell you in a dream that the house had yes. burned. Yes, that's that's so interesting. Very yeah. very interesting. Is it that that would appear yeah. to you like that? It's just mm -hmm. kind of amazing sometimes how things yeah. manifest and mm. why they manifest. And I'm always very interested yeah. in um, in the why, like, you know, why why that guy, why you, and why didn't he make that connection until the house burned down? It's kind of interesting yes. if anybody yeah. else ever experienced him. But mm. apparently he likes small children and he certainly had some sort of connection with you. Yes. So it's very, very, very interesting. Yeah. Hi, well, we've got just a few more minutes, so um, anything else going on with you? That um, How is your studio going? You have a studio out there in Cornwall, and if you want to give us a little information on that, I mean, you know, people in Cornwall who are interested in the studio, because you, know, you have a lot of um, healers that are there, or you do a lot of healing, or what exactly yes, goes on in the studio? Yes, we've got a little uh, studio called the Serenity Studio. Um, unfortunately, it's been closed for a year um, because of COVID. Obviously, because doing one-to-one -one treatments, um, Billy runs meditation courses there. Um, he does some of his workshops there. Well, of course, he couldn't do that. Um, and also, we have uh, Reiki teachers, acupuncturists, um, aromatherapists, that's one-to-one, -one, so we couldn't do that. But obviously um, now we can open again, um, which yeah. we're doing within the next few weeks um, okay. safely. We're just going to do it safely. I'm, I'm not quite sure about the one-to-one -one treatments yet right. because of the fact, you know, we're only just getting vaccinations now uh, through, and obviously that's going to take a couple of months. Um, but we're just going to do it slowly, um, whether Billy will be doing some meditation, if we can get him back to work, that will be good. Yeah, he'd probably enjoy that. Well, how yeah. does one, if, if somebody's in the Cornwall area and they're a healer and they want to get involved in this, this studio that, that you have, how do they get in touch with you about the studio? If they get in touch with me, um, my email address is dollyroberts at sky.com. So it's quite simple. Um, or you can look up on the internet, Serenity Studio Cornwall, and you can actually email me through that website as well. So, you know, either way, I could, you know, give them more information. Okay, well, that's great. Yeah, because I think with everything that's been going on with the with the lockdown and the, and the quarantine and all of this, you know, people having these illnesses and, and, you know, trying to get these vaccines and everything, I think people are going to be ready for a little bit of, 
you know, meditation oh, no. and some healing yeah. work. It's, you know, yeah. I think, you know, now that we've, for it. Yeah. 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 Uh, some healing work really needs energy work really needs to be yeah. going on with people. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dolly. Thank you. You're very um, welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, um, again, her email address is Dolly Roberts at sky.com. And her studio is the Serenity Studio Cornwall. So that's how you want to get in touch with her. And there we go. We've got a little okay. thing down here that shows your email address. Um, so, you know, people can get in touch with you and ask you when your classes are going to start or if there's any, um, you know, instructors out there or, you know, healers out there that want to mm -hmm. get in touch with you because um, yes. I think that would be great. I think, I think a lot mm -hmm. of healing needs to go on, especially, you know, with you guys out by the sea and, and, and people. Yes. You know the travelers and everything that's coming out. Yes, so, perfect. Right. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Dolly, for coming on. It's been fascinating, and it's always a pleasure to see you. Thank oh. you so much, and thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Scary Stories with Kalila. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great night.